there's times you can you can glass three or four different public chunks of public from one spot. You know, you can't see everything, of course, but you can really get a good idea of what what might be in there. The Rockcast is powered by Onyx Hunt, and for good reason. Onyx Hunt is the number one hunting GPS app in the industry. Stay tuned for a Rockcast promo code. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode. This is Sam Weaver, today's host of Tipsy Tuesday, a short segment covering rockslide.com tidbits, hunting news from across the West, which is the sprinkling of tips and tricks to keep you well-informed for your next adventure. Today's top announcement is the Cold Boar Challenge. It kicks off on Saturday, June 3rd at 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. The Cold Boar Challenge is designed to test your realistic maximum effective range. If you want to know more about the challenge or the prizes, including the Swarovski ATC Spotting Scope, head on over to rockslide.com. Click on the Long Range Hunting Forum. It's a sticky at the top of the page. Or you can just go back and listen to the May 2nd Tipsy episode with Justin Crosley, who walks us through the entire process. You can also post on the question and answer thread, and someone will help clarify any questions. Remember, the cold bore challenge is limited to the first 100 qualified participants. By now, you're hopefully starting to know which tags you've drawn and are starting to formulate a plan. One of the mule deer tags I've drawn is a heavily checkerboarded with private property. Knowing that going in changes how I'm going to approach my hunt of this unit. On today's Tipsy, I've reached out to a couple of my good friends, Marvin and Diane Sanchez, who collectively killed more than a dozen bucks, scoring over 180 inches, in similarly heavily pressured checkerboarded unit. Today, they'll show you some of their do's and don'ts to help us be more successful. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Good to be here. Glad we could join you, Sam. All right. Jumping right into this thing, why don't you tell us a little about, about the unit that you're hunting? Yeah, the units that we hunt, Sam, are uh, a lot of private land within the units. And within that, uh, within the units, we have spots of public that we can hunt that uh, it range from a couple hundred acres to uh, as much as a couple thousand acres. A lot of those small little parcels of land there are really only accessible through, you know, one way in. It really puts you to the test. Not physically, but uh, mentally glassing, a lot of glassing. So we're talking about a lot of small uh, public parcels and a lot of heavy pressure. That's that's what this segment is about. Well, one of the things that I think is that helps to be so successful is one, don't give up on your area just because other hunters are in there. I think what really helps us out is uh, we don't get into the into our area before daylight we always wait until we can see what's in front of us we don't drive through our area and uh, take a chance of running out any animals that are in there due to you know all it takes is a couple hundred yards or quarter mile in there in private and we probably won't see them again the rest of the day that's very important i think right i think you bring up a great point marvin is i know a lot of us when we have these out-of-state hunts 
where I'm familiar with the unit. We're digitally scouting on Onyx or whatever, looking for the best glassing points. And we don't realize that some of these places are so small that if we drive across these in the dark, we're actually forcing the deer back up, maybe into the heavy cover, and maybe onto the private for the rest of the day, or even maybe a couple days before they come back out. So I think that's just something to be aware of. I know we all want to get an early start out there and be the first one in there, but sometimes we're, we're our worst own enemy. Another thing, Sam, is it's important not to rush. Once you actually get into your spot or you start to access it, don't rush. Take your time. You sure don't want to miss anything, especially while you're glassing. And if the something comes up, don't be afraid to move. Uh, if the conditions change, if there's hunters, if someone's already pushing and putting too much pressure, move to another spot. Well, I think one of the things that you guys do that is unique to the area that you hunt is you're utilizing your truck a lot more than than most people on Rock Slide would do. You're road hunting because these areas are so small. You need to get in there and you're almost using your truck like a mobile glassing station where you're getting in there, you're glassing, you glass for a while, and then you'll move the truck maybe a hundred yards, maybe less than that. And to get a different angle, have the sun hit the same patch that you're looking at and, and re-glass it. That's very true. And like you just stated, the areas we hunt are very, a lot of them are very small, actually. It really does no good to go walk them uh, just due to the size, and some of them don't have much cover. Like you said, we just take our time. You know, we might it might only take us, it's only might be two miles in and out, you know, round trip, but we can sometimes spend an hour and a half in there just picking the place apart. Diane glasses, I glass, and usually our sons are with us, and we glass. We just all glass together, and we can pick a area apart pretty quick very very thorough i think you brought up a good point and it goes along with, with what diane was saying is that if there's people in front of you you don't change your strategy you just think that you're going to be able to glass better than them they'll glass and move on and you'll just keep glassing and glassing and doing your thing and digging those deer up that other people can't see when they get down in there that's exactly it um one of Diane's better bucks that she ever killed, uh, there was come daylight, we started glassing, and I, I was glassing out in the open, and I could see there's already a pickup in there, and I don't know how long they'd been in there, but we just kept glassing, and sure enough, you know, during the rut, I'm sure they weren't right there when they drove through, or else they would have run them out of there, but uh, they were coming from, you know, from the east, and they happened to just us not not letting the other hunters in there deter us from glassing. We found one, and, you know, she ended up getting a very nice buck. But I think one of the things that you have to be able to do that you guys do so well is that you get comfortable with other hunters being around you. We have had to. It is definitely, it takes a lot of patience. And you just have to realize that you're there for your own thing. You're there to enjoy being outside, enjoy being with the people that you love, and take your time. Remember that it's just persistence. Take your time, take it easy, look, glass, count on your skills. And given the time, given the effort, 
the good stuff will happen. Why do you have such confidence in your glassing ability? You know, most of the hunting I've ever done has been uh, pretty much this kind of same area that we're talking about, the small public land to just pick these places apart. And we've just, I guess, through the years of rushing through and then finding out that we, we missed something and somebody else, you know, got a nice buck or something, I've learned to slow down. We just, I guess we don't ever just look for a body of a deer, which a lot of people know that, you know, you look for little bits and pieces and we've gotten very good at finding a rump out there, just a rump or a flicker of an ear, or you just glanced in the sagebrush, there's nothing there. And all of a sudden there's a different color, a spot, and it's a rump of a deer. We just really pick everything apart very thoroughly. You know, and it's honestly a personal challenge to sit there and just keep after it and be able to find deer, especially if someone has already gone past you and you just take your time and you're able to find something that they missed. And through, honestly, it feels so rewarding to be able to follow through and keep looking and be able to find what other people do miss. Yeah, I think that everybody's in such a rush to be the first one to, to put their glass on it that they're they're not thoroughly investigating these spots and they're leaving a lot behind just trying to rush to the next spot rush to plan b rush to plan c you guys really capitalize on that yeah we do and uh that's good point there plan a b and c we always have a plan before the night before you know we discuss where we're going to go first thing in the morning and there's just times where there is just too many people in there, and we'll just go with plan B. We'll head to another spot, and we'll we'll go in there and do our do our thing. We'll pick it apart, and sometimes have luck, sometimes don't. But, you know, you always got to have, you know, plan A, B, and C, and don't be scared to, like Diane said earlier, don't be scared to move on. You know, you can't let the pressure the hunting pressure deter you from hunting a spot but by the same token um when you especially if you're familiar with the area you know what too much pressure is in that area so move on yeah i think i think something that we haven't quite touched on yet is some of these pieces are small and when you're on them and you're glassing you're glassing the piece you're on but you're also glassing over the private onto other pieces that you can't access from where you are and maybe quite a drive to get around to, but you can glass from the spot that you're at. We definitely do that. Because if you can use the glass and it'll save you, it is such a time saver between driving between spots. If you can sit there and you can pick a place apart, even across another uh, private land, and you can pick it apart. And if you see something, you know, yes, we're gonna go over there and pursue it further. We're gonna get a better look. Or you can say, oh, this is not uh, the game that we're looking for. At least it gives you that time-saving advantage, when, especially when there's so many small areas that you want to hit. And they are miles apart. I think also, you know, you're getting a totally different vantage from a distance. And you can peer through that vegetation that's super thick. And like we talked about, a lot of these places have a single access point. And when you access that, you, you're basically putting all the animals on that on alert that you're in the game. So the, the less disruptive you can be to the habitat, uh, the better off you'll be. You're right, Sam. 
And, uh, you know, when we glass, sometimes we're glassing a mile, mile and a half, two miles away. And I still like using the binoculars at first. And then, because uh, sometimes I can just, my eyes work better with my binoculars, you know, bigger field view. But once we think we see something, we go ahead and, you know, get the spot and scope out. You know, like I answered earlier, we verify, you know, there's something there that we're going to go after or not. There's times you can, you can glass three or four different public chunks of public from one spot. You know, you can't see everything, of course, but you can really get a good idea of what, what might be in there. Onyx Hunt is the number one GPS hunting app in the industry. And one reason they're leading is because they're continually providing updates to the Onyx Hunt app. Updates like the new Onyx in-dash navigation suite. From the time you slide into the seat of your vehicle, viewing Onyx Hunt with CarPlay and Android Auto allows you to easily flow from Onyx to the road in front of you, ensuring you know exactly where you are and how to get where you're heading. Want directions to a certain point in the Onyx Hunt app, but don't want to keep glancing at your phone? Use the Navigate To feature to navigate to your saved waypoints. This is true off-road navigation for hunters. You can now use the Onyx Hunt app hands-free and have access to your map markups, public-private boundaries, routing, offline maps, and more. Do it all from the seat of your truck. If you're ready to make the jump, save 20% by using the code ROCKCAST at checkout. Sometimes when you know we're spotting, we'll find a really nice deer that we definitely want to go after. And depending on the location, since these areas are so small, if that deer is close to the boundary, and if we get out and go after it, we know it's going to be pushed into private. Um, there are times, that, especially if we find them in the evenings, we wait. We do not pursue them that night. We wait till the next morning. We give them the evening, the night to relax, calm down, not have any pressure. And then we make sure we're back there in the morning, hoping to catch them in a more accessible place, further away from the private. Um, and that seems to really help. Yeah. And I think that takes a lot of restraint to leave. And we're talking about, these are some of the bigger deer on the unit, but it doesn't benefit you to try and push it off there. If you don't think you can do it, it's better to wait. Absolutely. It is. How do you guys start your glassing routine? So I like doing the open areas and closer, a little bit closer to us. And then we just work our way, you know, further away, further away. And of course, we do everything like in a grid. You know, we'll do, you know, from this tree over to this, where, you know, this is that. And we just grid everything. But we start close and work our way out. And yeah, it comes to a point where you get out far enough, you got to use the spawn scope. But we we pretty much all glass the same thing. We start close. I'm I'm talking. It's still almost dark. We start 150, 200 yards away from where we're at, and just work our way further away. And of course, if the sun comes up, we can glass further away, and that really seems to help us. All right, guys. Anything else you want to summarize with? You know, Sam. I think the biggest thing to remember is to stay true to yourself. You know, stick with your plans. Take your time, glass, 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 just keep up with it and take your time at it. Don't let other hunters affect your choices. Don't let them push you out if 
you're in an area where you feel good and you just take your time. And also, don't give up on what you've already planned. Even if that means this area is not good to go, you go ahead and move to the next. Just keep after it. Persistence, persistence. I agree with Diane. Persistence is definitely, definitely where it's at. Just got to remember, uh, don't get in the mindset that the spot that you pick to go to first thing in the morning is going to be your your golden ticket all the time. It doesn't always work out. Just be willing to move. You got to you got to be willing to be mobile. Once you get a little familiar with the area or whatever, or just you know, basically hunting these little tiny areas that we hunt, remember just don't don't get in there too early. And, uh, and spook the game out. You know, be patient. Wait for that sun to come up so you can glass. Get a look area over very good. Once the sun hits, you know, if there's other hunters in there, just don't get frustrated. You know, stick stick with your plan and go with it. And more more likely than not, you're going to glass something up. Because I, I know there's stuff that we don't glass up that's just, it's just the way it works. You know, you can't find everything out there. So sticking to your plan is definitely very important. And uh, the patience, you know, you got to have the patience to, to do that. All right, Marvin and Diane, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I've learned so much from you, just being able to hunt with you. I look forward to spending a few more adventures together. Recapping the last few Rockcast episodes, Robbie Deming takes us through the question of elk versus deer. Are the elk winning? Robbie follows a rabbit hole of research digging into the perceived concept where elk thrive and mule deer suffer. Listen to this podcast and find out what is fact and what is fiction. Ryan Avery joins the Rockcast in an informative gear review of Down versus Treated Down. Ryan tests five popular puffy jackets during North Idaho rainy bear season. Listen to find out which jackets wetted out and what's Ryan's opinion on Treated Down at the end of his testing. Alert! If you've missed the Breaking the Slump video, you need to do yourself a favor and check it out on the Rockslide YouTube channel. Moving on to review articles. Travis Bertrand reviews the Leica PRS 5-30 56i rifle scope. The Leica PRS is designed for long-range shooters and obviously competition shooters. Travis takes us on a deep dive through all the features of the scope including its 32 MRADs of elevation. Is this compact, high-resolution rifle scope right for your next rifle? Read the entire review on rockslide.com homepage. A trending thread is a discussion on the new Toyota Tacoma and some of its trim packages. Are they really geared towards the outdoor enthusiasts? Join in the conversation in the general forum. There's an interesting conversation happening in the backpack forum. Pack weight, does anyone actually care? Check out the poll results and you'll notice that it's fairly evenly split of members who do and those who don't. Read along to find out the reasons for and against weighing everything in your pack. I want to take a moment to talk about a policy shift for Rockslide's hunting forums. It's been a concerning trend of having hard-earned great hunting spots highlighted across social media platforms. Here at Rockslide, we understand any unit Pacific threads are on the World Wide Web forever which by default can ruin spots if someone puts any of those out there. Moving forward, no FNGs, you know, the new guys, won't be allowed to post up any specific unit threads. 
Well-known rock sliders can continue to post up unit threads with the expectation that all unit-specific information will be discussed by private message. Please take the time to chime in on your thoughts about this change and how it affects your research you're doing for this year's hunts. Draw news. May 31st is the Wyoming deadline to apply for deer and antelope. June 1st is the deadline for Montana antelope applications. June 2nd is California all species. June 4th is Iowa if harvesting the big whitetails on your bucket list. June 5th is Idaho's controlled hunts for elk, deer, and antelope. Here's the deal with Idaho. All applicants must have a current hunting license to apply for the draw. There is no point system in Idaho of any kind. Tags are given out in a random draw basis for all species. Big game applicants may choose to apply for sheep, moose, goat, or elk, deer, and antelope. Everybody's first choice is considered before anyone's second choice. No more than 10% of control tags can be issued to non-residents. June 6th is Arizona sheep, bison, and deer. Arizona requires the purchase of a non-refundable hunting licenses. These licenses are good for 365 days from the date of purchase. Something to keep in mind if you're planning to apply multiple years in a row. In the draw, your first and second application choice is considered before moving on to the next applicant. If you draw any of your choices, you forfeit all your bonus points. Arizona reserves a portion of the tags for max point holders, and the rest of the tags go into a random draw. Non-residents are limited no more than 10% of the total tags issued. Now, on to the news. Like we mentioned in the last tipsy, of ensuring you take the time to ensure your target is actually a black bear and not a grizzly. Two separate stories are circulating of grizzly bears mistakenly harvested by hunters. One was a father and young son hunting together and the son shooting the bear at his father's urging. When they approached the bear, they realized their mistake and immediately self-reported to the warden. The father was placed on probation with a $10,000 fine. Steep learning curve for sure. In the other instance, a hunter fired multiple shots and killed a bear near a very busy highway. Assuming he realized his mistake, the shooter fled the scene. Wyoming is currently investigating and asking anyone with information to contact them. These mistakes not only give diligent hunters a bad name, they risk black bear hunting in overlapping grizzly territories being further regulated or even halted. Please use extra vigilance. When identifying bears as hunting as we know it depends on it. Last week, Montana drew moose, sheep, and goat tags. After they released the draw results, they realized they had over-allocated 40 bighorn sheep tags and four moose tags. What a fiasco. The emotional roller coaster thinking you drew a great tag only to have it ripped out of your hands. I drew a U tag and had multiple buddies check to see if my tag was affected. But luckily, I wasn't in one of those units. Montana stated that these licenses would need to be returned as awarding additional tags could detrimentally affect the populations. We as stewards of the land understand this, but come on, Montana, you can do better than this. Until next time, this has been Sam Weaver.